I'm Jen. I'm the witch. Hi, I'm Vic. I'm the skeptic. Welcome to my roommate's a witch. Woohoo! Um, today we're going to be talking about books, books, books. Can't get enough of them. Damn, that's one thick book. We're talking about books that you make and books that you buy. You know what's a thick book? Crime and Punishment. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh my god, Jesus. Um, I got it in there. Right at the beginning. <laughs> Great. We've met our quote. You're like a cop with the speeding tickets at the <laughs> end of the month. Like some cops are like, got to tag them all in the first 10 days. Some cops are like, I'll just wait until May 29th. Sometimes I don't mention it at all. And then I have to change the description. Victoria comes back in, records sections of herself talking about <laughs> Harry Potter, edits them into the podcast. Mm. Um, great. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, do you have any inklings about what kind of books a witch might write or yes, buy? Yes, I've seen Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> I have not seen it. Oh, God. I just feel like you hate whenever I bring it up. I don't hate when you bring it up. I just think the show's fundamentally flawed and a terrible representation of witchcraft, <laughs> feminism, and, yeah, the whole shebang. <laughs> um, listen. They talk about the Book of Shadows. What, how is a book of shadows portrayed in Sabrina? It's just like a spell book. Cool. Okay. So that's not super off base. Okay. Good. I, I think in the original Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was talking about the chilling adventures of Sabrina before, and now I'm talking about the 90s version. Oh. In the 90s version, I think they just called it. Maybe they did call it a group. You know what? I don't know. Yeah. So I think... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so there is. So we got a really wonderful email from one of our uh, listeners, um, and in this email, um, they expressed like uh, sort of a question about like their book of shadows and how to sort of take the pressure off of, um, you know, having a like writing in a magical setting um, can sometimes feel like a little bit of pressure. And it actually uh, opened up a really interesting, it opens up a really interesting discussion about like Book of Shadows versus Grimoires um, and like how you are going to record your magic. Um, so I thought this would be a really also a really good segue also into like the kind of books you might be needing to buy as a witch. Um, so yeah. So it's interesting that, like, in two different shows that they, one was, it was called A Book of Shadows and one was called A Grimoire. I don't think I said that at all. I thought you did. <laughs> no, I said, I don't know what they call it in the other one. I thought you said Grimoire. I was 100% sure you said that word. Um, please check the tape. <laughs> maybe I hallucinate. Maybe I just really wanted you to say <laughs> it. So I was like, good. She knows. Um... I was like, I was gonna say though, why would you need to record your own magic? I thought it was just like a spell book. Yeah, well, so um, I think I should start by explaining the hot debate in the witchcraft community. By explaining it. By <laughs> I'm gonna explain to that. I've had a very long day, folks. Um, I've had one long day and one glass of wine, so <laughs> that's just how it's going today. Um, it's a more casual episode. Um, okay, so I can answer your question, but first I have to tell you about the hot debate. Um, Hit me. So we're going to put the Book of Shadows on a shelf and address it in two, literally two seconds. So if you take a grimoire, some, some people... People. 
some people um, say that a grimoire is a published book of spells um, that you can take or leave. Um, and m like most published books of spells will like count as a grimoire. So a grimoire is like a formal, like these are these spells, this is what it is. And that is the grimoire. Um, also like reference books might be interpreted as a type of grimoire. There's another school of th thought that thinks a grimoire is less so a book of spells that you went to the store and bought and more so um, sort of like your, I don't want to say final draft because nothing's ever really final in witchcraft because it's a practice. I repeat, witchcraft is a practice. That's why it's called the practice of witchcraft. Um, but um, the, other, the other option is that a grimoire is like a personal, like, final draft of your book of shadows, basically. So a book of shadows is, and look, a bunch of witches call all of this a bunch of different things. I cannot possibly iterate to you the hundreds of different kinds of journals and recordings and organizational tools that witches use to keep track of what works, what doesn't, and what spell books, she right? She can't do it. I can't do it. It's impossible. I'm one person. <laughs> but I can explain to I can give you based on my research, what the, a couple general consensuses are. So the general consensus, which I have found, has been that a book of shadows is more like a witch's journal, a witch's log, if you will. So you do a ritual, you write about that ritual, you're like, mm, it didn't work, this man doesn't love me. Um, or, you know, this worked, this didn't work, this caused way too much smoke in my apartment caught on fire and now I'm on the street like you like know. a captain's log yeah like a captain's log um people in my personal book of shadows I record my tarot readings um so anytime I do a reading either for myself or for a friend I also I take note of it um and that can be helpful especially if you're tracking things like personal tarot readings for like tracking it um over time so basically a book of shadows is sort of the catch-all place the more casual, like, journaly kind of daily stuff. Like, this is what's going on. Um, and then the theory is you transfer, like, spells that work. Um, or I guess I should say one of the theories is then you transfer spells that work. Um, helpful crystal correlations you found that aren't don't usually change. You know, things that are, like, pretty well cemented. And then you will transfer that into your personal grimoire. Um, under the idea that, like, the grimoire is, like, a completed like work at the end of your life that you will could you could maybe pass down to a younger witch or a daughter or something like that if you wanted to um or son I guess I only care about women um so but so this is sort of where it gets sticky because there's these kind of different interpretations of what a grimoire is versus versus a book of shadows but the way that I like to interpret it is that um the Book of Shadows is a stepping stone, and then the grimoire is sort of like the final draft of things that you definitely want to keep around. Um, and, yeah, so to answer your question, you can do, there are published spell books. There are published, um, there are published spell books. There's, like, colloquial spells that are sort of around the, like, witch's universe, um, which can be really helpful. Um... And I think part of the joy of witchcraft is experimenting for yourself. Um, so maybe you buy a spell book and you go to a money spell and you do it. You kind of do everything right and it doesn't really work. So you might want to record that you did that spell and it didn't really work in your book of shadows. And then maybe you try it again, you know, when you're in a different place to see if maybe it was like a, like if it, it's a you problem um, to like, 
you know, if it's a, if it was like a you problem or something was just wrong, like, um, also like witches will often work with like substitutions. So maybe you substituted something in uh, an herb in the spell, which perhaps caused the spell to be less powerful. So these are things that like you'll want to track over time. Cause again, there's like a hundred different ways to practice witchcraft. It's really about finding what works for you. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a book of shadows is really a helpful t- sort of daily kind of tool um, that you're going to be using. You know, and, and a book of shadows can really be anything you want it to be. It can be, like, a place for you to journal about your feelings. Um, it can be a place for you to, um, you know, really analyze those cards or those runes. Oh, um, my God. The runes. <laughs> she mentioned runes in, like, one of the first episodes and was excited about it. And now I, like, have never let it die. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. Oh, I thought you opened your mouth to speak. I forget now. Cool. Um, So those are kind of the differences. I think something else that's helpful is like, there's no shortage of paper. Like if, so you fill up a grim, I would not put the pressure on yourself, you know, like, oh no, I'm filling up my grimoire too fast. Buy a second book. Who cares? Put more pages in it. You know, um, I think you're the kind of the purpose, like a book of shadows, like you will simply have multiple of those in your lifetime. If you continue to practice witchcraft, like in all likelihood, um, you will have more than one. Um, and I think what's actually kind of beautiful about like, you know, we think of the grimoire as like, this is what worked for me. Um, and Mm -hmm. that's sort of like the thing that gets either published or like passed down. Yeah. So I think that there's something really beautiful, like in the messy and like, you know, so you go back into your book of shadows from three days ago and you scribble something out because you realized you were wrong. And it's like, that's beautiful. I think that's great. So, uh, it's very medieval. Scribbling. I feel like scribbling is medieval. Like I'm just picturing, like I don't know, like a wizened old man. Did they not let you color when you were a child? (laughs) I'm not gonna say what I call those coloring devices because people will like puke and stop listening to our podcast. Crayons. No. Excuse me? Yeah. I've only heard crayons and crayons. So I would say that I color with a Crayola color crown. (laughs) What (laughs) is a color crown? My mom's from the Midwest. Uh, People in the Midwest say crayon, I thought. There's little... So I looked it up on like a dialect thing. And it's like really specific spots of Indiana, Kentucky, (laughs) and like Virginia. It's like very... It's, like, where my mom's from. And then, like, sometimes mounds. So, on the box, are they called crowns? No, they're spelled, like, crayon. Oh, my God. But you pronounce it yeah. crown? It, sound, it makes more sense if I say it with, like, how I talk. Hey, kid, give me a second. Mom, I'm going to go do the dishes. So, I went and I colored with the color crown. <laughs> it sounds, like, closer with an accent. Oh. <laughs> I think. Maybe not. My God. You can use color crowns in your book of shadows, too. <laughs> That's hilarious. Please continue. Yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so don't, you know, I think you can sort of look at your book of shadows as, like, a playing space. I think the, I think it's... Because it's called ritual, you know, we can get a little stressed about making things perfect and about, you know... Uh, being meticulous with things. Um, but again, it's called the practice of witchcraft. It's all about practice. 
Well, um, practice makes permanent. The phrase is practice makes perfect. That's not what my choir teacher told <laughs> Well, your choir teacher's an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I'll, I'll also just say one more thing, and not to go on a soapbox, but I do think, like, the, um, the pressure of what I write into this book has to be, like, the greatest thing ever written. I do think that comes from a place of the patriarchy (laughs) because women are taught that they're not allowed to take up space. And so sort of leisurely or like taking up space on the page with things that you think may later not be important can feel frivolous. Um, and I would just like to issue you a reminder, um, that it is not frivolous for you to take up space in your own witchcraft practice. Like this should be a place for you to experiment. And maybe you draw a really stupid drawing of a koala bear on a page and then you move on. Cause that's like what was important to you during ritual that day. Like that's okay. I think like the pressure to be perfect um, and the pressure that everything you write down has to be perfect comes from a place of um, intentional disempowerment. Like women don't have the space to experiment Um and so I, I think, like, you can combat the patriarchy by writing whatever the fuck you want in your book of shadows. Um, and that's just how I feel. That yeah, might look be it. That's look at, definitely look at me thinking scribbling's medieval. <laughs> yeah, and it's because you think women are rudimentary. Um, oh, boy. I'm kidding. Yeah, so when choosing... Um, oh, something uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, of all people, did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, so he kept journals throughout his lifetime, and he would journal about sort of, like, whatever he wanted, um, because he was a man. He's allowed to do that. Um, But what he would do is after he – he would leave, like, space at the beginning and end, and after he, uh, like, had written out a journal, he would – go back through and put in an index um, either in the front or the back of the journal Mm. so that, uh, you know, if you're going to have like a, let's say a book of shadows, I don't want to put a time frame on it. So if you have like multiple books of shadows that you've been working through, I think it could be a really helpful, not only like reflection exercise, but very practical thing. Like, uh, so instead of, you know, Oh, I remember one day I wrote this down and I really want to revisit it. You know, you're not sort of sifting through all these pages and getting overwhelmed. Like you open up your index and then you find it and then you go there and it, and creating the in- index sort of like postmortem, um, allows you to not feel the pressure of like, am I writing this thing that I want to write in the right section that I've decided at the beginning? Mm. Um, the index sort of allows you to maintain that freedom to write whatever you want wherever you want, whenever you want to, and then go back later um, once you've had some space from it and sort of categorize it. Um, And so I just thought that could be a really helpful um, tool that folks might want to use. Yeah. So how, how you might choose your book of shadows in your grimoire, like, you know, I think that there's also this image in witchcraft that like it must be a fancy leather-bound book with hand-pressed oh my pages. God. Everyone was obsessed with moleskins. Yeah, that must the pages must have been cut by a Connecticut woman wearing a hoop skirt and churning butter on the side as part of her reenactment <laughs> career. Okay, I really committed to that. Well, was she churning butter or was she <laughs> making a mop go up and down? <laughs> Were you the one who said that to me? Yeah. <laughs> I've never been more disappointed in you. Um, jinkies. Okay, so yeah. So I, I'd like to take the pressure, like, you know, your book of shadows can be a hot pink 
fuzzy. Burn book? Nope. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say lined notebook from the dollar bin at Target. Um, or your book of shadows can be, there's like tons of like really expensive ones online. I think it's about like, you know, set about like, don't go into debt for your book of shadows. Like you can do something. It's like Muji is a really great, I, we're not sponsored. Faux show, faux show. Yeah. Muji. Like you can get a notebook, a plain notebook there for like a buck 50, you know? And, um, excuse me. You can get a plain notebook there for like a buck fifty, and I think that is perfectly as acceptable as like a forty-five dollar leather-bound book. Um, but if it's something that's really important to you, you know, then maybe go for that. I, as with all like things that you're selecting from a witchy perspective, I think you should definitely go with like what feels best for you energetically in that moment. And so that might mean that when you're 20, you know, you have a book of shadows that looks one way. And then when you're 35, you have a completely different looking book of shadows. Um, and I think that's perfectly fine. I also think like, you know, lined pages are helpful because you get that really nice, consistent, right. Unlined pages, you have some more freedom to draw, you know, there's unlined pages make my skin crawl. I only write in online notebooks. Well, that makes sense. We're completely different people. <laughs> Lined pages give me a lot of anxiety. Wow. Um, online pages make me feel like everything's chaos. Yeah, but I, I like online pages because I can instill my sort of own organizational systems. Um, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think as... Oh, wait, I did have a question. Yeah, sure. Sorry, but was like, <laughs> is it frowned upon to do this electronically? Some people very staunchly believe that this should not be done electronically. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so I would never. <laughs> I would say you can. There's um, a whole subsect of witchcraft called um, like technology witches or techno witches um you can definitely look into that if you're interested i'm not an expert on them um but they do a lot of their witchcraft like through technology and online seems very 80s well it's not techno like the music it's techno like shortened for technology no i do i did get that i think there's a i think there's a 1980s movie called the wizard and it but it's about technology oh i typed in the wizard and all i'm getting is the wizard of Oz. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm correct. 1989, The Wizard. Oh my god, what? After his little brother is put in a mental institution, <laughs> Corey, Fred Savage, breaks him out and the pair run off to, together to California. They meet a girl in the way and discover that Jimmy is a master at playing video games. Okay, anyway, I'm just wow. shook that I watched this movie, but anyway. Wow. Please. Continue. So yes, you could, you could do it online if you want. Okay, cool. Um, in my opinion. So anyway, so everything I just said about Book of Shadows and buying your Book of Shadows can also apply to grimoires. Same, same. Um, you can also, like, I think it might be helpful. Like, I, in my personal grimoire, I'm like, you know, I don't like to use Google in the middle of ritual. That's kind of sucky for me. <laughs> like, so I like to keep... You to an encyclopedia? No. So you take... <laughs> You're like... No. <laughs> so you like, so obviously the meaning of say rose is not going to change like from the witchcraft general definition of what that means. It might, you might want to add like what, it, what it's been helpful. You, 
you might want to add what it has been helpful for you to accomplish in witchcraft. Right? Or, oh, that's a dangerous. I feel like accomplish is such a stressful word. Um, I guess accomplish. It, like, you know, rose is going to mean something in your personal practice that is personal to you. Um, but I think putting into your, like, grimoire, like, hey, here's the d dictionary definition of what this does. And subsequently, this is what it did for me can be helpful. So that way you don't always have to, like, keep Googling things. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So do you have any more questions on grimoires in Book of Shadows? Because if not, we're going to move on to general book shopping. Oh, let the record show. I do not. Great. And... <laughs> Where were you yesterday at four in the afternoon? Okay, narc. Were you getting a perm? Oh my god, I love lately. <laughs> I love that movie. Really, I think it gets worse with age. Um, I think it's the most unfeminist, racist, and sexist thing. More so the musical than the movie. Okay, well, the okay. <laughs> I just love the scene where she. Yeah, I just love that scene and the and now you know that was the first scene I saw in the movie because it was on the TV and my parents were watching it. Hadn't seen the whole movie. I come in bumbling in at the end. Oh, I said I'm bumbling in. I was like, I don't know. 14. You're definitely a bumbling her. And um, I come in and it's right at the part where she's like, everybody knows that if you have a perm, you can't get your hair wet. And then she, like, breaks down and is like, how would you feel if your stepmom was your age? It was so good. <laughs> I just love Reese Witherspoon. You know, she's only 46. Have you seen that her daughter's her carbon copy? Yes. Super oh, my. Can't even talk about it. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> Wait, did you really want to know where I was yesterday at 4 p.m.? No, it was a joke. It was continuing the bit. You acted like it was an interrogation. But you can tell me where you were if you're interested in that. Um, oh, I was late for work, actually. I was at the wrong, uh, I I was at the wrong location. Um, I got to the location, and they were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, no. And then I had to run to the other location. I'm just filling time. Oh, I'm not. Oh, okay. I, I have more time. I have, like, another... I thought that you were preparing. Yeah, I was guest skimming. Or anyway, so general book shopping. Um, there's a shit ton of not books of books about I, I oh, fuck about um witchcraft general Wicca occult uh druids Celtics um voodoo. There's just a ton of material about and books about alternative spirituality. Um, and I think, I don't want to say a problem with the witchcraft community, but like, I think definitely um, something that can happen is um, as witchcraft becomes more popular, um, qualifications are complicated. I don't think just because you have a PhD, you're an expert on witchcraft. I am much more inclined to trust the opinion. I, I'm equally inclined to trust the opinion of someone who got their PhD in witchcraft three years ago, as I am to uh, trust a witch who graduated with, who has um, had her high school diploma. Um, and that's the highest level of traditional education she's received. But she's been practicing witchcraft for 20 years, right? So qualifications are something that is difficult to assess when it comes to things like spirituality because it's not just about who has a PhD. Here's my question. Okay. Who has a PhD in witchcraft? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jen's prepared. What university is handing this out? I'm interested. Um, I am not sure. I am not 100% sure um, who. I'm not sure. I, am, I don't know which. I don't know which universities give which degrees. Well, I guess I'm. But is it a degree in witchcraft or is it a degree kind of like in theology? Yeah. So, um, Kristen J. Uh, Soli, who wrote Witches, Sluts, Sluts, Feminist, Conjuring the Sex Positive. Oh, I know her. I actually have met her. Oh, Um, yeah. I went to a color and sex magic class. Um, I don't know her, know her. Down at, um, down at uh, Catland and she, she was co-teaching um, and she actually teaches um, about witchcraft at Pace University. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not sure if her degrees like labeled as she got a degree in witchcraft, but um, right. I, I assume a witchcraft degree would, inv- would be sort of a hybrid degree between like um, a traditional, like religious, like study of religions degree. Mm-hmm. But I, because witchcraft is so specific, I feel like there would also need to be components of like medieval study. Um, yeah. There's just so much historical context to witchcraft. Um, but she has, she's a real, she's a, a, a real witch and B has a real witch degree. Well, I feel like PhDs are kind of um, create your own anyway. Yeah. That's, that's usually very true. So, um, so, so author like credibility is difficult. I am going to just say this, like, unfortunately, mm. not maybe as witchcraft becomes more popular, there are people who are hopping onto the, I'm going to write a witch book train who are unexperienced. Perhaps there's a big difference between I'm going to write a witch book about my personal experience, even though I'm only 25 um, and acknowledging that um, versus someone who's like, I'm going to write a witch book. They write sort of like a Instagram. I'm going to call it an Instagram, witch, like cute witch pictures for you and your cat to take together. Like, might be the title. You know what I mean? I just think there's a very big... I Use your best judgment. Um, But I think when looking for real witch books to give you real guidance, you should do some research on the author, on the uh, reputation of the publishing company, um, and of, you know, any time that you can cross reference or double check things from multiple sources. I think that's a good thing to do because witchcraft is a soft history. So it's not like, you know, as we continue to decolonize history and as we continue to do things like, um, acknowledging that the like white cis het male history that we've been given, Um, or been taught rather, is not the only perspective, the more we realize how malleable history is. Witchcraft in particular is an especially like soft history, right? It's rooted in the oral tradition. It is rooted in a like cross-generational teaching of things like medicine and childbirth and um, protection. Like these are things which are not, have not been hard recorded by the cishet white man because it is a danger to them. So there is a lot of room for interpretation. There is a lot of room for in, for multiple things existing at once and being true um, and coexisting with each other. 
And there's a lot of room for um, error in the sense that you heard something from someone and it's not true, you know? And so I think it's important when taking a survey of witchcraft and when trying to find the like witchcraft that's right for you, I think it's really important that you collect multiple sources um, and do some pretty good research about who you're getting your information from. Cause you don't want to get inform Like I think we briefly touched on this in another episode. Like there are spiritual practitioners who will scam you. That is true. Oh, do we, Oh, we cut it. Oh, <gasps> Victoria and I had a conversation the other day about like witchcraft practitioners um, who claim to be spiritual guides and end up sort of scamming you. The same thing can happen with like someone who's posted pictures of crystals that they found on Getty images on Instagram for like a few weeks is not qualified to write a book about witchcraft. I will say though, if which photos you can take with your cat is a book, I'm interested. <laughs> well, and also, yeah. <laughs> knowing the purpose so like <laughs> i bought a t- i bought dumb witch books like that before right because yeah. they're fun and they're totally fun and that's totally fine but keep in mind that that shouldn't be your like <laughs> primary source so i i, I just want to offer that you should consider things like perspective history qualifications um and whether or not the author can distinguish from facts which they have versus opinions a lot of spiritual well, isn't that just day-to-day life yeah I mean, really. A lot of, like, alternative history and spirituality books are a lot of, you know, here are the facts, and this is, but not, it's 10% fact, 90% opinion. That's Which is what this podcast is, right? You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like we're pretty open, like, this is just my opinion, this is just what I know, right? And I think you should, uh, books which acknowledge that are typically more fruitful. Um, And so keeping that in mind as you're looking and as you're reading. Um. Yeah. Some, so some other good places to start, um, you know, thinking about like your ancestry and your history um, can be fruitful when you're in the bookstore because it does get over. Like you go into the strand and like the witchcraft section is like massive and it's overwhelming. And so, you know, I think it is valid to, you know, so I'm Irish. So I will sometimes will go in and be like, OK, I want to know about specific Irish tradition witches and that narrows the pool of choosing i think it's also equally valid to walk in and be like like take a spiritual breath look at a book and be like and look around and be like oh and let like spirit sort of guide you to like which book you're supposed to find that day i've done both of those things and they have both been successful in finding which books. do you think if you walked into a barnes and noble there would be less of a selection yeah so barnes and noble has an okay as spirituality becomes more popular, the section gets bigger. It used to only occupy like three shelves. Now it occupies like a whole case. I'm talking about the one in Virginia. So I, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and it's starting yeah. to expand into a second case. Well, now. also you have the World Wide Web. Yeah. I'll get there in a minute. Whoa. Whoa. Well, I didn't mean it to be that aggressive. Yeah. So, you know, places like Barnes and Noble is becoming much more commonplace. Obviously, like... I've been to independent bookshops which have no witchcraft sections, and I've been to independent bookshops which have huge witchcraft sections. It's I found witch books in the most unlikely of places. So I think it's just going to come. One time I accidentally walked into an entire witch book, a bookshop that only sold witch books. Accidentally? Yeah. I had no idea. I was looking for a notebook. Where? In London. Well, I'm shook. Yeah. So just keep those things in mind as you're shopping. Um, 
some books that I found particularly helpful on my witchcraft journey, which I would highly recommend. Um, they're the first like witch book I I guess it's not really a witch book, but the first, she also writes other witch books. So I'm going to count it as witch book. Um, it's a book called The Natural Psychic by Ellen Dugan. Um, it's a great read. It's a quick read and it gives you a lot of like really practical tools for you to sort of in incorporate like psychic mediumship uh, into your daily life more. Um, the next book I read on my like witchcraft journey was the book Witch by Lisa Lister. I cannot tell you how much this book changed my life. Um, like the natural psychic was so helpful in like opening my mind and like laying a groundwork and validating experiences, which I had already had. Um, the witch book really, it sealed the deal. Like um, it has a great, now her opinion is very prevalent throughout the book. Um, and at times there are moments where I was like, is this necessary? Um, okay. But it has a exceptional like two chapter summary of the history of witchcraft, which, and as I've like expanded and done more. So there's a book called the, Re um, the rebirth of witchcraft by Doreen, um, Valentine. I think that's how you say it. It's not Valentine, but I think it's Valentine. Um, and it's, that's a, I was recommended that book. I bought it. I, I have not gotten past page 50 cause it's just too dense. <laughs> um, so I, so as I've continued to like study like witch history and stuff, like, it's complicated, but in the book Witch by um, Lisa Lister, it, she does an exceptional job of summarizing it in two chapters, getting you the very basics um, and explaining, you know, traditional, like, and different, like, witch practices. Um, there's a whole section on the different kinds of witches there are. So it's just a very great beginner's book that's easy to read. It's funny. And she's very upfront. Like, this is now I'm saying my personal experience. Now we're talking about things I know. So well, I think that's good. Yep. Um, I think um, uh, Lettowin's, um Sabbath Guide and the Almanac, which I've mentioned on this before, still don't really know how to say it. It's the L-L-E-W. Actually, that may not be how you spell it. L-L-E-W? <laughs> it's a double L. Is yeah. E-L-L-E-W? Y-N? Elowin? Elowin? Here. All right. Okay, good. Eloise at the Plaza. Oh, no. It, um, they're a major a witch pup. Yeah. Oh my God. What? It, it literally almost came up. Yeah. Um, so it's L L E W E L L Y N. No Llewellyn. idea. Yeah. A oh, Llewellyn. That's Llewellyn. Good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're an incredible. Is that what you said to begin with. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, they're a really great publishing company. They publish a lot of witch books. They're a very reputable publishing company. Um, but they have published the Sabbat Guide. They have a guide to the Sabbats, and they have a they publish a yearly like witches almanac with articles from reputable. Um, witchcraft writers. Um, and I think that's a great resource. So people who have been published in the almanac are usually, you know, they're not usually, they are well vetted in the community. So you can, you know, if say you read a particular article that you really resonate with, you can go look up that author and find their other books. Right. So it's also about like following the trail of like, Oh, this writer is sort of in the same thought pattern as me. Like who does she read? You know? Um, so I think that's really helpful. Obviously, I, mean, I just mentioned Witches, Sluts, Feminists. Great book. That's another great little history fill-in. Um, then there is a book. Uh, so it was originally um, published um, as a uh, zine um, and a academic paper. Um, it's called... Hmm. 
it's called Witches, Nurses, or Witches, Midwives, Nurses. Um, there is a free PDF online. There, It's by Ooh. Barbara um, Enreich, I think. Um, there's a free PDF online. There is, and if it's not free online, you can like, and you're in college, you can likely get it through your school's online library. It's because oh, it's true. digital. Um, there's also a book called um, To Ride a Silver Broomstick. Okay. Okay. Um, Check it out. So there's okay, a book called, check it out. Yeah. So there's a book called To Ride a Silver Broomstick by Silver Ravenwolf, um, which is really great. And so those are the ones that I would recommend. What a name. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a published, like a stage name for writers. A pen um, name. A pen name. Will. Yeah. What's that called, though? It's not a pen name. It is a pen name. Okay. It's a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, and wow, so, rude. What? We Googled it. Yeah, but they didn't know that. Oh, I thought we said it. I'm sorry. We Googled it. It's a pseudonym. Yeah, so those are just some really good, like, beginner books that I think are very easily consumable and are not difficult to read. Well, maybe they might be difficult on an, like, intellectual. They're not, they're just not, they're, they're not, like, ooh, in the theoretical mysticism and big words that you can't understand. Um, I think. So they're not, like, dense. They're not dense. Yeah, exactly. Um. So those are great. Also, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to go buy a book. Um, there's a ton of like reputable websites. Um, there's like the crystal dictionary. That's like literally what it's called. Um, there's the website um, plant data uh, database search pfaf.org. Um, and the, that's like really great for like um, checking if like plants are edible and things. Um, and then there's all like cafe astrology or Astro Cafe, Astro Cafe and Cafe Astrology do um, free like birth chart readings. So there are a ton of resources online. Um, just keep in mind, like some like anyone can post on a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being smart with like your online sources, like obviously you know, and and there's always going to be multiple interpretations of one thing. You look on a crystal website; it said Jasper does one thing. Another website says it does another. I don't yeah. know. And this is why it's helpful to keep a book of shadows, right? Because then you can be like, oh, the website says Jasper did this or this, and for me it did this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that can be helpful too. Um, cool. But yeah, but so those are the basics. To which book making, buying, shopping um, around? I will try to put the books that you talked about in the description. Oh, cool! Below. I thought your, there wasn't a description for your convenience. Oh, there's no comments. There's That's no what comments. It is. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I mean, I know there's no comments on like Spotify. My sister said we had a we had a um, we have an Apple review and it was nice. Oh. I think we have five stars on Apple. Look at us go. Wow. Look at us. I love anyway. it. So, yeah, I'll try to do that for you all so that you don't have to, like, scrub through the episode again to listen to Scrub? It. Yeah. They're going to wash our episode. Oh, my goodness. I hope they use organic soap. <laughs> I get it. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Did, I'm kidding. What did you say? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can augment it and CSI. <laughs> augment it? Yeah. In the, You're going to the... give our podcast breast implants? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to... What are they doing CSI? They're like... Dissect. No, no. Autopsy. No, with the photos when they're like... Zoom in. Zoom in. And then they're like, <laughs> enhance. 
<laughs> I'm not, oh, sorry. I certainly hope the viewers are getting these jokes. <laughs> oh, they don't see us! <laughs> I'm Vic. And I'm Jen. And, and that's, that's the spook. spook. I hate it already. <laughs> It's been muted the whole time. No, that means it's recording. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> the flashing means it's muted. <gasps> Thank God. Okay. Well, now you've got me scared. I can't get over that you were like, it's been muted the whole time. <laughs>